With scheduling any festival in the time of a pandemic, it's going to be a nightmare. Rajula Das is the Verb Raiders and Writers Festival's new programmer for 2022. It's one of the big literary events in the capital. Not only does she have a new job, the writer and translator's first novel has picked up an award and interest from a company wanting to adapt it for TV. And next year, she's hoping to publish a book that she's translated by one of her favourite Bengali writers. While Verb isn't until November, Rajula acknowledges that she may not be able to realise all her ambitions for the event, for this year at least. First, though, I wanted to know more about her novel. The Indian edition has come out, which is available for sale in the Indian subcontinent. So my experience of being a first-time novelist has been very virtual, and there's been times when it's not really felt real at all. So I'm looking forward to 2022 when it comes out. Uh, The American edition comes out, and that's available for sale for the rest of the world. But again, I don't live in America, so I'll have to do my best to make it somehow real for me here with my friends. So um, I'm, ha- I'm hoping that it will feel a bit more IRL than it has um, <laughs> over the last year. <laughs> well, when we get to see it here in Aotearoa, which name will it have? Because it has a different name in the US to the name it's published under in India. Yes, it will be called Small Deaths. That's coming out with Amazon Crossing in June 2022. The original is called A Death in Shonagachi. Uh, the name is Shonagachi, which is the, the name of the place, which is a red light district in Calcutta, which happens to be, to be the largest in Asia. Well, you've won an award, been long listed for another, and you've got adaptation rights for, uh, for your novel. But before I delve into that, I need to ask you, what's the story you're telling? Uh, The story is about a sex worker in Shonagachi who was trafficked into um, this life uh, as a child into sexual slavery, which is how most of the women who work there and trans people who work there have come into this work. So it's about her journey, trying to better her circumstances and become an escort with the help of this new digital boom in a climate in India where the government demonetized a certain banknote. And this is a very cash-based economy. So following that devastation, but also the boom of smartphones and being able to not have a pimp go over pimps' heads and have your own clients and have uh, web-based services available, it's, uh, it's kind of a death that happens of a close friend of hers that, who lives in the very next room, another sex worker, and how in the backdrop of that um, and these new technological and political changes, her life gets changed. And there's also an erotic novelist who is in love with her. He, she's his muse, uh, police officer, activist, and it's, it's a whole, whole big cast of people. The starting point for this, I think, might actually have been academic research that you've undertaken. Yes, it is. It was. I, I did a PhD in creative writing, and um, I wrote this novel as part of that. And my research, uh, my critical work, has focused on relationships between public space um, and uh, sexual violence against women in India, 
basically that is to say who gets to use public space how do we understand public space as cultural in terms of cultural studies and how it affects gendered bodies so how are women allowed to use public space to what extent what are these unwritten laws what is the violence or the punishment that happens when you breach these culturally specific laws of how you're allowed to occupy public space as, as a gendered female or a transgender person or someone that is not traditionally allowed to access this public space. There have been so many horrific, heartbreaking stories of women attacked, mutilated, killed, of course, uh, which have had international headlines. Have you embodied any of that research, those real-life events in your novel? There's nothing that's happened in the novel that hasn't happened in in real life. Of course, it's all it's not one incident. It is all fictionalized. But I didn't feel the need to invent where reality was terrible enough. So in my critical thesis, which is a work of you know academic work, I focused on on rapes and assaults of women, whereas the book entirely focuses on sex work and the politics of sex work and, and the rights and violences associated with sex work in India. It must emotionally and physically hurt you, the sexual violence that we've just been talking about um, in India. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. Uh, I grew up in India. I am Indian. It's very different how we grow up in a society where you're basically assaulted every day. So you would share tips as young women on how to hold your hand back strategically to cover your breasts because you get elbowed a lot in your breasts. Uh, in public transport or just walking the sidewalk or people will, uh, in crowded buses, people will purposely bang into you from back. So there are all these like tips and tricks that are passed around. And this is a very normal part of being a woman and growing up. And I literally do not know a single woman who has who doesn't face this on a daily basis. I'm not even talking about um, catcalling or stalking or following or other harassments of this nature, there is um, there is a big spectrum of it. Well, you know, you you go through the the array of emotions and few, you know, anger, uh, distress, grief, all of those things. But it's also piqued my academic curiosity. So, uh, and especially in in a climate like that, in a society and culture like that, what about sex workers? You know, that's that's the other question because there are so many there are so many um, lines that women must not cross. And here I'm talking about quote unquote respectable women who have many, many, many invisible lines around them, things they are not allowed to do, things they are not uh, acceptable, uh, and things that just push them beyond that pale. But then what about sex workers? So that's that's where I guess my academic curiosity around how we are allowed to use public space, what defines public space, what is private space. You have uh, another book that's going to have your name on the cover. And this is another aspect of your working life, which is translation. Really special book, too. Um, it sounds like it was a great privilege for you to translate. Yes, it was. Uh, it's uh, I've only ever translated this one author. His name is Nobarun Bhattacharya, who I think 
is one of the most important literary voices to have come out of uh, Bengali literature and Indian literature. Bengali literature has a very strong, long tradition of uh, exciting authors, as does many other Indian languages and their, you know, respective traditions of writing. But um, Nabarunda has has been a huge inspiration. He's uh, a maverick, extreme left person who wrote this amazingly political, satirical, magic realistic works, which are just uh, a revelation, honestly. And his his uh, novel, Kangal Malshat, which I haven't sort of settled on an English name yet, but I, I'm, I'm thinking of ideas. I started this work a very long time ago, about 12 years ago, as a student, and I took it to the author who loved it. And I couldn't believe that, you know, he would even give me the time of day because I was a very young um, person back then. But I do have a contract now with Seagull, Seagull Books, who have immense respect for who are planning to bring this out maybe in 2023, given how um, late the publishing schedule is going to be with everything in mind. Uh, and I'm still kind of working on it, finishing it up. But yeah, it's it's a great privilege. Uh, the book came out in 1999 and um, turns out uh, I will be the first person to translate it, which is very, very daunting. Rajula, well, you're, you're not afraid of a challenge, are you? You've taken up the uh, programming position for the Verb Readers and Writers Festival, and I think any festival organiser here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, or anywhere really at the moment, even one that's going to be held at the end of the year, it's a very tough call because times are so uncertain. Uh, so before we look at how you're going to approach that, what are your aims for Verb? Are you going to come and shake things up? Or are you very content with the model that's been in place for a while, but you, maybe you've got some new ideas and the range of writers, perhaps, that will be invited? I am I am really a big fan of Verb. Uh, that's one of the big reasons that I uh, wanted to take up the position because Verb sort of brings our community together. And, and I'm the sort of person who's skeptical of the word community at best of times. So for me to actually feel that I'm part of a community, um, you know, it's 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 the magic of Verb is, is the only way I can say it. There is this time in the year, there's this few days where uh, anyway, you walk into that part of Wellington, that little central little port, uh, you will walk into a room full of friends or people who worry about the same things like you do, who care about the same things as you do, and you will bump into people you may not have seen the rest of the year. And it's just such a warm feeling beyond the fact that it has great programming and you know it platforms the people who will then inevitably get long-listed and shortlisted for Occam's and other stuff going forward or you know, they will make New Zealand literary history, uh, apart from just the just the sheer brilliance of the programming, which Claire has been doing, and it's just such big shoes to fill. But even even outside of that, it's just this uh, this very warm feeling of hanging out with people that you may not get to see the rest of the year, but, but you know that they're your kin, they're your um, literary cultural kin. And that's the part that I like the most. And also how it, the way it celebrates Wellington, it does celebrate Wellington. It's not just, uh, it's, it's the bookshops, it is our usual suspect 
spaces, but also our little old shops, our little dive bars and our um, secondhand and antique clothing stores. And it's just, it's just lovely to be in and around and also feel Wellington. Will you be exclusively considering uh, Aotearoa New Zealand writers? I know in the past there have been writers from overseas. Is that simply too hard to commit to at the moment? I would love some international content. How we do it is we'll have to see whether that's going to be something in person or will be purely digital that we'll have to see. We do verb, you know, the, the philosophy behind verb is very much uh, platforming Aotearoa writers, which, you know, we we do feel quite passionately about. And that's 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 how we started. That's, that's what it's all about. So there will be a very, very large portion of the festival dedicated to uh, our New Zealand writers over here, whether uh, they're just coming out or they're, you know, they're already established names that we've read for years. But I do want to bring in the element of um, a international writers will just have to figure out the logistics of how we're going to do that. That's the hard part. I do want to bring in um, some of that energy that's 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 in the outside world, outside of New Zealand and, and see where we are at. Uh, but also on the other side, I do want to bring in other um, literary adjacent, I'm, I'm thinking um, people and creatives in, in Aotearoa and Wellington who are doing really cool things as well, um, like people who, who take photographs of uh, New Zealand when they go out on their solo adventures and, you know, because that has real overlaps with what people are writing about as well. So I, I do want to bring together um, other people who are also invested and and, and creating, um, you know, the things that we love to look at, things that we value, things that we read or hear um, in our verb fold this year. I imagine too that you'll be able to talk to and learn lessons from some of the other uh, literary events of the last year, like poor old Word in Christchurch. You know, they battled so hard to try and get something up. Just the timing for them, uh, they got caught up in the maelstrom uh, that was uh, Delta and COVID, uh, but they were extremely nimble. And I guess that's, that's what all of you will need to be. I think that we should at this point have some kind of an international database for event organizers where we can all just learn from each other because, um, you know, we're, we're all going to have to face similar challenges over the next this year and I don't know how much longer. But at the end of the day, we just can't predict. We just cannot predict how things are going to be even in four to five months. So uh, the the only only thing that we can actually do is probably plan for a few scenarios and then have to take our pick uh, 